So what we're looking at today is a message entitled, This is Not a Drill. And we're going to talk about the rapture today. And I want you to think about what took place today here in this room, okay? Do you remember in the beginning before worship, I came up here and I said, hey, sometime, some point, you're going to hear a sound. This is what's going to happen, right? I didn't tell you when. That I, I said sometime in the service. I didn't say if it was going to be half an hour into service, 45 minutes into service. You just knew sometime this was going to take place, right? Now, the exact moment um, I knew, but you didn't know. Well, there is going to be something that happens called the rapture, and there's not going to be a drill for it, right? We did a drill that we want to be prepared in case something happens. We don't know. It's not like we know, you know, three weeks from now, there's going to be someone on campus and we're going to have to do a lockdown. We don't know. That's why we run drills. But with the Bible, the Bible says that there is something called the rapture that is going to happen. It's guaranteed to happen. And we can know the times and the seasons, Jesus said. We can look at the world in which we live in and kind of see, I think we're getting close. But the Bible says, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. And there's a time where Jesus is going to come back. Jesus is going to rapture or catch up the church. And we're going to talk about that today uh, because it is important as believers that we understand and know. Now, maybe for some of you, you've never heard of the rapture. Maybe some of you have heard it before, but you, it's kind of always fuzzy. It's kind of like, okay, Jesus, we're, we're going home, but what, how, how does that work? And what's going to happen here? And what's going to happen to everyone? And there might be some uh, confusion involved with that. Well, I, my goal today is that every one of you leave having an understanding of the rapture. I want, just like we prepare today in case something happens, Okay, I want to prepare you because something is going to happen and it's not going to be a drill, right? There's not going to be like a, God's not going to be like, hey, Christians all around the world, we're going to have a, a, like a fake trumpet and it's going to sound and this, this is how the rapture is going to work. And then a year later, the actual rapture. No, there's going to be no drill. It's going to happen. And the Bible says that it could happen at any moment. Meaning before the even end of our service today, we could hear what the Bible will describe as a voice of an archangel, a shout from God, and a trumpet that will sound that everyone uh, that, that will be worldwide and that all believers will be gone in a moment's time. Now, for some, that might sound like, how, how is that actually going to happen? Wait, is that, this is what the Bible describes, and we're going to read it, and I'm going to show it to you today. But first, I want you to take a moment and in your own notebook paper, I want you to write down anything that comes to mind regarding the rapture, okay? Whether, whatever that is. Uh, we did this exercise a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night when we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, for example, okay, if I, would, if I were to say to you right now, uh, what comes to mind when you think about Chick-fil-A, right? You would, you would say chicken. You would say milkshake, fries, fast food, whatever, uh, closed on Sundays, that kind of thing, okay? Kanye West, whatever. Um, you, you would think of those different things, okay? But listen, um, now when I say the rapture, what comes to mind? It could be, what is the first thing that kind of pops in? It could be anything. No, no, write it down. Yeah, Jesus could be one of those things. I want you to write it down just randomly on your notebook paper. Just put the rapture. Anything that comes to mind, multiple things, not just one. What comes to mind? Is there a question? Is it a verse? Is it something that's going to happen? What comes to mind when you think about 
the rapture. And maybe there's not much. Think about it. Write it down. All right, now I want you to turn to the person behind you. Okay, if you're, if you're at the last row, then you're not going to look behind. You're just going to look forward. Okay, and I want you to tell them, okay, something that you wrote down, something that you know about the rapture. Go ahead. Go. Don't be afraid. You can talk. What did you write down? What, do you, what comes to mind when you think about the rapture? All right, now turn to your neighbor next to you, okay, on both sides and talk to them. Tell them, what, what do you know about the rapture? What comes to mind? All right, sweet. Now raise your hand and give me something. Tell me something. What do you, what do you know? Raise your hand. Yes, sir. Jesus and the world being saved. Okay, well, actually, the world's not going to be saved. The church is saved. The world is going to get real crazy real quick. Yes, right here. What will it be like? What will it be like? For sure. We're going to hopefully, we're going to be able to answer that question. Yep. Heaven. Heaven. Yep, for sure. Heaven is definitely involved. You in the back. The devil. Uh, the devil will be, uh, ha have a lot coming after that for sure. Josie? Seven-year tribulation. Yep, the rapture is going to start on the timeline of end times, the seven-year tribulation. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the Antichrist, right, is going to be, that's going to start the rise of the man that we know in the scripture as the Antichrist, the man of sin. Yeah. The rising of sin. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to be taken away because the Holy Spirit's in us. He's going to be taken out of the way. And after that point, evil is going to run rampant for sure. Yeah. It's going to be like what? I have no idea what that is, but that's okay. No. no. Oh, the snapping. Got it. I, I thought you said dino snapping. I was like, what, what is what is dino? Yes. Uh, it'll be, uh, <laughs> there's some similarities for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be looking at that passage today for sure. Well, let's, let's get into it. Let's pray and let's, let's see what the Bible has to say about the rapture, okay? Listen, this topic should not be something that scares us, but rather God's intention is that we would be prepared for this next thing that could happen, okay? Now, if you are an unbeliever and you don't follow Jesus, the Bible says that you're not going up, that you're left behind and the world is going to experience God's wrath at that point. That sin is going to, you think, you think the world is crazy now, ain't nothing going to happen. And there's no drill. There's no second chances. It's not that the rapture happens and, um, you know, uh, at the last moment you hear the trumpet that you can change your mind. That, that is the train leaving the station, okay? Um, so let's, let's pray. God, we come before you and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you didn't just leave us to our own devices. We didn't have to figure things out. That you have given us instructions. That you have given us your word so that we know what to do. And Lord, we know that there are so many distractions in this world that get our eyes off of you. But that you have placed in the scriptures uh, telling us about this future day that you would come back for your church. That though you ascended into heaven... Lord, that you, you will once again come, that there will be the second coming for judgment. But before that takes place, we're not going to have to experience your wrath, that you've saved us from the wrath to come. And so, Lord, we know that there is an end of this world, uh, Lord, but we thank you that you have 
you have promised to take us out of that. Just like in the days of Noah, when you brought judgment to the world with the flood, you first saved the, the, uh, Noah who was right before you and had found grace in your eyes. Lord, we know that you too are going to save us from the Father's wrath to come. And so God, we look to you and we pray that you would teach us now, would we just have clarity? Lord, would nothing be fuzzy? God, we, we need you to help bring that understanding to us. And so we give you our minds and our hearts and we pray this in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. So the first passage that we're gonna be looking at, whoops, that's the second one. The first one is this, okay? First Thessalonians, everyone try to say Thessalonians. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Thess- Thessalonians, okay? Kind of a long word. Uh, Thessalonians, you're like, what the heck is a Thessalonia? Okay, Thessal- uh, a Thessal- now I'm, now I'm tripping myself up, okay? A Thessalonian is someone from Thessalonica, and you're like, that sounds crazy. Okay, like we're Californians because we are from California. Okay, this was a church from Thessalonica that Paul was writing to, and they were a group of believers, a church, and he was seeking to encourage and talk with them and uh, point them in the direction of Jesus. And in chapter four, I want every one of you to turn there. Okay, don't just write down the passage, but if you have your Bible or a Bible that you're borrowing, please turn to this passage. If you don't know where it's at, you can turn to the table of contents in the, in the uh, beginning of your Bible and find the exact page number, then turn to chapter four. It is in the New Testament. Okay, it's uh, before the book of Revelation. Uh, it is after the Gospels. And remember, all the T's are together. So let's say if you found the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, then you're close. You just got to turn a little bit to the right, uh, or actually it would be to the left. Um, but all the T's are together, Thessalonians, Titus, and Timothy, all right? If you're there, I want you to say word. Word, word of God. All right, chapter four. Are you guys there? All right, look with me, starting in verse 13, okay? Listen closely. I don't want you to miss anything. It says this. He says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everyone say caught up. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, verse 18, comfort one another with these words. So this passage is all talking about the rapture. Now, from what we just read, did you see, do you see the word rapture anywhere in that text? Look, do you see the word rapture? No, we didn't, we didn't actually say the word rapture. We said the words caught up. Everyone look at verse 16. Uh, Sorry, verse 17. It says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everyone say caught up again. So that is the English translation of the Latin rapture. Okay, everyone say rapture. That is Latin. What you are speaking right there when you say rapture is Latin. And if you were to translate, you guys know about Google Translate? 
right, you type something to Google and they have the, it can translate it into any language in the world. Okay, if you were to put rapture in there, the English translation is caught up. And it is, describes this concept for you and I that there's going to be a time that any, at any moment this could happen, happen where we are caught up, meaning that we leave, our physical body leaves this earth and we meet Jesus in the air. Amazing. Now I want to walk you through this a little bit. Look back at verse 13. Okay, I want, I want you to see the reason why um, that he's writing this to the Thessalonians. Why even talk about the rapture? Why are we talking about it today? Well, Paul says, verse 13, notice the word. He says, I do not want you to be, what does the Bible say? Ignorant. ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. What does that mean? If I were to call you, dude, you're ignorant. What, what would that mean? Would that be like a good thing? No. What, what does it mean to be ignorant? Yeah, you don't, you don't know. It is literally to be without knowledge, right? Ignorant or ignoramus, okay? It, it, is, it is someone who is without knowledge. And what Paul is saying here to the Thessalonians, he says, I don't want you to be without knowledge. And for you guys, I don't want you to be without the knowledge of the rapture because it is something that in our lifetime we could very well experience, as we are alive. Now, whether we are dead or alive, we all will experience the rapture. Whether we're already in heaven and that's when our bodies will meet uh, our spirits in the air, we'll, we'll get into that um, and we'll walk through that. But we got to know um, that this is something that God says, I don't, I don't want you to be unaware of. Jesus, when talking with the disciples, there's many things that he told them. And there's a part in the Gospels in the book of John where he says, I have told you these things beforehand so that when they happen, you may believe. And God has told us things that will happen in the future and he has told us them in advance. And the rapture is one of those things where he says, this is going to take place. This will happen. And notice who it's concerning, okay? Verse 13, it says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have, what does the Bible say? Come on. What does the Bible say? Concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Now, is Paul talking about sleep here? Is Paul concerned about Christians taking naps? He says, I don't want you to be ignorant about what happens to a Christian when they take a nap. To sleep, no, notice, it says, fall asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Does anyone have any ideas what's being talked about here rather than sleep? Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, no, not, it's not not believing God. Clo it's close. Uh, yes. What do you think? Yeah, it's actually Christians that have died. Um, so it's talking about Christians, not non-believers, but it's saying, I don't want you to be unaware of what happens to a Christian when they die. What do you, what do you think? What happens to a Christian when they die? Do, does all of them go up to heaven? No, no. All believers go to heaven if they die. Um, but does what happens to their body? It stays here. Okay, so there's, there's a separation, right? Did you know that you are not just your physical body? That you are a soul and spirit, right? That there is an immaterial part of you. But right now, like if you were to die, your body would not go up to heaven. It's here. 
And then it would be very sad, and we'd have to, you know, on, on our part, you'd be rejoicing in heaven with Jesus, uh, but we'd have to deal with your body, right? Some people bury bodies, some people cremate them. This is the reality of the life that we live. Well, what happens to a believer's body? Well, it stays here. Their spirit, though, is in heaven. And this is one of the points of the encouragement to us, because you, as you walk with Jesus, if you haven't already, you're going to experience death in your life. There's going to be people that you know that die, maybe someone very close to you. And the hope that we have is if they believed in Jesus, then though we might see their dead body in front of us, we can have the hope that they're alive in heaven. This is the hope that the Bible talks about. Look, look at verse 13. He says, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. You know, there's some people in the world that don't have hope. Meaning that if a loved one dies, why do you think the world says, I'm sorry for your loss? Or we, uh, my, I lost my husband or I lost my grandma. Because it's because they don't know where they're at. But you see, for you and I as believers... Even if I lose someone very, or if, if someone, see, I'm, I'm in the habit of saying that, but if someone dies, it's very close to me and they believe in Jesus, I actually didn't lose them. I know where their body is and I know where their spirit is. Their spirit's in heaven. And that is what can give someone hope when they see and when, when, when they experience uh, that type of pain in life. Does that make sense? And that right there, man, that, that is what we have. And God doesn't want us when we experience death to be like, oh, I, I, wait, what happened to them? Where are they at? Where's their spirit? No, the, the Bible says to be absent from the body. Do you guys know what it means to be absent from somewhere? Right, like you are all present here. You are not absent from church today. Uh, if you don't go to school, then you get an absence. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's no in-between time. There's no like bus ride to heaven. It, it is in a moment's time. The Bible says that when you breathe your last here, that your next breath will be in heaven. Does that make, excuse me, does that make sense? Okay, so now we have, now that that's under, understood, what happens when the rapture happens? Well, look at verse 15. Look at your Bibles. You still have them open? I wanna walk you through this. It says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Meaning that in the rapture, those who have died previously in Jesus, they go up first. Verse 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord with the air. Okay, so check this out. This could happen at any moment. This could happen as I'm talking about. How cool would that be? Imagine if I'm talking to you guys and we're talking about the rapture and then boom, we hear a trumpet and we're up. Uh, some of you guys might be left behind and that's very scary and terrifying and you need to know Jesus today uh, for sure. Um, you need to have him as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, but let's say that happens, okay? So the rapture happens. What the Bible describes is that there is a shout. There is this voice of an archangel. I don't know what that sounds like. But the, the, the thing that I do know, I don't know what it sounds like, but I know what a trumpet is. The Bible says that there's going to be a trumpet of God. There's going to be, you guys know what a trumpet sounds like, right? I'm not about to try to, try to act it because I'll look like a fool. But there's a trumpet sound, okay? And this is not just here locally. It's not just going to happen at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. This is worldwide. I don't know how that works, but all I know is that the rapture is not something that is localized. It is something that is worldwide. And when that takes place... Before you and I go up, 
which we'll talk about in a moment, those who have died believing in Jesus. So all the way from the disciples who were martyred for their faith, when they died, their bodies stayed, their spirits in heaven. And it has been like that for the last 2,000 years. Or if you have an ancestor, they say a, a, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, and they, they believed in Jesus and they died. Their body's here, but their spirit's in heaven. So what happens first is that when that trumpet sounds, that the spirit of those people who have been dead for however long, the dead in Christ will rise first. Meaning that wherever the body of Peter is or wherever the body of your grandfather is, maybe it's local, maybe you've visited a cemetery, that the physical remains, no matter how old, that matter still exists. Meaning that you're like, wait, but what if like they've been like decomposed for like thousands of years uh, or 2,000 years? Yeah, their body might, you might not be able to see it with your physical eye, but their matter, their body still exists on this earth. God will supernaturally bring their body together. Their spirit will come and they will meet the, their bodies. Will, like if you were at a cemetery during the time of the rapture, you have people busting out of the graves, okay? I'm ta- I'm, this is legit, okay? This is what the Bible describes. And they will be then taken out of, from this world. They will meet the Lord in the atmosphere. Now, directly after that happens, they get the fast pass, okay? You guys ever been to like Disneyland uh, or um, Six Flags, or, right? A, a fast pass, meaning they get to go first. They get to cut the line. So those who have died, they, they get to go first. We follow though, meaning that if this happened, we who are alive, that's you and me, right? You guys are alive, yes? Okay, um, we're, we're all alive and hopefully alive in Jesus. At that point, our physical bodies go up. We're caught up. We are raptured. And this happens very quickly. We'll, we'll read in a moment how quickly that happens uh, in the next passage. But they go first. Okay, so Grandma Susie that believed in Jesus and, and uh, isn't around anymore, she's, she's up. She, she is with Jesus. You and I immediately go up, and we don't take nothing with us. I mean, the clothes on your back, the uh, screws in your arm from breaking your arm when you were six years old, all that stuff stays it is your physical body that God has given you that goes up. Meaning if someone has like, say, a metal tooth, okay, that, that tooth falls to the ground, their clothes are there, gone. God takes the physical body that you and I have and our spirit because they're not disconnected, right? The only way that they're disconnected is if, is if someone died, dies. And these people will never see death. And this could happen right now. This could happen in our generation, where we are then in the atmosphere with the Lord, and the Bible says that we shall then be with him forever. God gives us a glorified body, meaning God, you know your body is not immortal, right? Mean that you can die, you can get hurt. So at that moment, God renews your body in a way where you will now never again die, you will never get sick, and you will be in heaven with him. This is the rapture. Does that make sense? Does anyone have any questions so far? Yes. Um, yes, correct. Okay, so when John's like, okay, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll come back to you. You think about it, okay? If it has to do with the rapture, we'll come back. Yep. Are we going to go back to Next week, we will be. Yep. Do you know about pets? Do I know about pets? So that... So that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, pets will not go up in the rapture because they're, they're not Christians. Now, pets in heaven, that's a different story for another day. But let, let's, listen, let's go to our next passage, okay? So 
Our next passage is 1 Corinthians 15. I want you guys to now turn to 1 Corinthians 15 in your Bibles. We're going to get a little more insights. I should hear those pages flipping. So if you're in 1 Thessalonians, go a little bit to the left, and you're going to end up in 1 Corinthians. Okay, You're going to go through uh, Colossians. You're going to go through Philippians. You're going to go through all, all those different things until you get to 1 Corinthians, just a few books over. So just go a little bit to the left. If you hit John, you went too far. Okay, If you hit the Gospels, go a little bit back to 1 Corinthians 50. All right, is this making sense so far? Yes? Right. All right, if you're there, say word. All right, look at verse 50, and we'll read down a little bit. So it says this, Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. In verse 51, he says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Everyone say changed. We will be changed in that moment's time. For this corruptible, our corruptible bodies must put on incorruption and this more mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Now this is awesome. This is describing very similarly to what we just talked about. And did you guys see that word immortality? Yes, so immortal. You and I are not immortal currently. But did you know you and I will be immortal beings? And not, I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, Avenger type stuff. Hey, you and I will be someone, our bodies will be changed where we no longer experience death. We, and there'll be some that don't ever die. Those are the people that would go up in the rapture, right? And Notice, though, the, the quickness of what happens. Look back at verse 51. You guys looking? He says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Now, what is, remember, what is he talking about sleep? Death, meaning we shall not all die, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Does anyone know what the twinkling of an eye is? What do you think? A blink? Yeah, that, that's kind of the, what do, you, what do you think? How fast is that? Okay, for sure. So uh, scholars and commentators have kind of gone back and forth. Essentially, it is very quick. Okay, it's, it's quicker than you can blink. Uh, some, some would say it's one-tenth of a second. Um, meaning that this is, it's not going to be like where you're going up and then your, your neighbor who like hasn't believed in God but you've told him about Jesus is going to see you like slowly going up into the clouds and be like, oh, I want to believe in Jesus too. And then they go up, okay? No, it's going to happen so quickly that you're not going to have a chance to, to do anything. It's not, there's not going to be a drill. Remember, this happens instantaneously. And for us as believers, 
This is good news. If we don't have to experience death, this is great. That God, we want the rapture to happen because we get to then be with the Lord. We get to be in bodies that will no longer experience temptation. It is our hope. It is what we look forward to. It is what we think about when we talk about John 3, 16, right? That everlasting life that God will give us a life and that life will extend on into eternity, okay? So it happens very quickly. Uh, the last uh, passage I want to share with you is John 14, okay? So you're in 1 Corinthians. Now just go a little bit more to the left. You'll see the book of Romans. You'll see the book of Acts, and then you're in the book of John. So just a couple books over. John chapter 14. John 14. So John 14, do you guys know about the Last Supper? Right, that, that is where Jesus instituted communion. He said about, talked about his, his body that was broken, his blood that was spilt. Um, boys, boys, stop talking. This row right here. Just turn your Bibles. That's all you need to do. So John 14 is that, is that last night that Jesus has with the disciples. And he's been telling them, hey, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be around anymore. Right? I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be here like I've been with you the last three years. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to go back to my father in heaven. And so Jesus is encouraging them. And he can tell though that they're troubled. They're kind of like, wait, wait, you're going to leave? Where where are you going? And this is Jesus's response here in John 14. Look in your Bibles. It says, let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Verse two, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Did you guys catch the end? Jesus says to them with this troubled heart, he says, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. I, I'm going to set things up for your, your coming to heaven. Jesus says, I'm leaving, but notice what he says in verse three. He says, I will come again. Do you guys see that? Verse three, he says, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. See, the rapture will be the promise that Jesus promised the disciples. He says, I'm gonna come back. I'm not gonna leave you orphaned. I'm not gonna leave you alone. And I'm going to come back and receive you to myself, that where you are, there you may be also. Okay? So now what do we do? What, what is our response to the rapture? So listen, number one, what, what happens, well, before we get into the response real quick, you need to know, like what we talked about earlier, that God has given you the chance to receive his forgiveness, right, to receive the, the gift of God. Um, when the rapture takes place, it'll be borderline impossible to then follow after God. What happens when the rapture takes place, God removes his people because what's about to happen on this planet is absolute chaos. Satan ramps it up. Maybe you've heard about the Antichrist, that things on this earth 
will begin to go crazy. God's wrath will begin to be poured out on this place in a variety of ways. This is, uh, you can read all about that in the book of Revelation. And there will be some people that receive Jesus during that time, but even the Bible says that God will send strong delusion so that if you knew about Jesus before, didn't receive him, that the opportunity and chance to receive him after the rapture is slim to none. That the rapture is that, that train leaving the station. That right now, what, with what Jesus did on the cross, he's, he's in a sense, he's seen mankind drowning and has, has, has put out the life raft. He said, grab on, receive my son. I want to forgive you. I want to come into your life. I want to give you eternal life. But the rapture is when whoever's on the life raft, they, he, he reels it back. And whoever is left is left without God. And we need to understand this. And, and, and so it's a very, it's an exciting thing as a believer, uh, but it is a very serious thing if you're an unbeliever. So the Bible says this will take place. This is not, there's not gonna be, it's not just a, a, a theory. It's not a drill. That it's according to the word of the Lord. Now, the Bible doesn't say that it should be the fear of God that brings us to repentance, but there's an element that we need to know that we're gonna be, that without Jesus, we're gonna experience the punishment for our own sins, right? If you can't do the time, then don't commit the crime or whatever, however the saying goes. And we have, we have sinned against God, the Bible says. We've fallen short. But Jesus says, I want, I want to reverse that. I want to forgive you. I want to take that punishment for you. And so as an unbeliever, I, I would encourage you today, you don't know when your last day is. You don't know when that train is leaving. So you get on now. You, you ask God to come into your life. You repent of your sin. You say, God, I've, I've sinned against you. I've messed up. I've denied you but I want to receive you. I give you my life. I, repent, I, I turn away from the things I used to do and I choose to follow you. I believe what you did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Come into my life. And God says, I will. And when that time comes, when the rapture takes place, uh, you will not be left behind. You will be brought to an eternal home that Jesus says, I have prepared this place for you. Does that make sense? Now, secondly, if you're a believer... The second response, as a Christian, let's say you, you know God, the Holy Spirit is in you, that you will be with him forever, then for us, this should be a great motivation for us, realizing that God can come back at any moment for us. Jesus said, I'm going to come back, but we don't know when that is. Now, looking at the world, God has given us uh, signs in scripture saying, when things get crazy, when this starts to happen, and we don't have time to get into all those things, it's called Bible prophecy, but the stage is being set. The Bible talks about that tribulation period, right, being when the Antichrist arises, one world government, one world uh, um, uh, financial system. We are in place to experience that, but there's something that takes place before that, and it's the rapture. We don't know when it's going to happen. But we know it is becoming very clear that he's coming back soon. And so if you have in your heart, well, I'll just follow Jesus when I get older. Like now I'm just going to enjoy, go to school and just play video games and not worry about it. You don't know if you'll ever become adult before Jesus comes back. And I pray, I pray he comes back today. I want to go home. I don't know, have you seen the insane world that we live in? 
I, I want to be with him. Now, if, if I'm here, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to tell, tell everyone I can about Jesus and the rapture and about the reality of what Christ has done. But I want to go home. If you're a Christian, there should be a sense that you're not, you don't belong here. Jesus described it as not being of this world. That our citizenship is in heaven. That we are pilgrims and sojourners, but the Holy Spirit creates in us a desire to go home. However, we are on mission while here. We're on mission. That there's going to be a time to rest, and now is not the time. Now is the time to armor up with the spiritual armor of God. It's to fulfill what God has called us to do, which is to spread the good news of what Jesus has done and to live for him. And we're to do that. And as we think, the rapture should be something we think about every day. Man, is Jesus coming back today? Am I going home? And I have found that to be a great encouragement for me to really walk with Jesus. Um, Because it's so easy to think far out, right? Oh, well, when I'm 25, when I'm 30, when I'm going to do this, if I just want to turn 18 to get out of my parents' house, you don't know if you will make it to 18. You don't. But Jesus wants to use you now. Jesus wants to come into your life and give you purpose and give you meaning and work in you. And so as we close, I just want you to think about that. Remember, it's, it's not meant to prepare us it's, it, or to scare us. It is meant to prepare us and encourage us to walk with Jesus. As, as we know, uh, as people in our life might pass on into eternity, realizing we haven't lost them. We know where they're at. And their bodies that we might see in front of us or visit, that, that's not them. That's their body. And they will one day be reunited and given an eternal body. All right? So let's pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for this, this time that we could be in your word. We pray, Lord, that we would be ready to meet you. That we would live a life worthy of the gospel. Lord, we can become so distracted. Even as the disciples, when you ask them to pray in the garden of Gethsemane, that they slept. They couldn't stay awake. Lord, help us to stay awake. Help us to be alert and aware. Lord, we know that in scripture that you tell us that there are going to be some who are ashamed at your coming. We don't want to be those people. Lord, we don't want to get raptured while doing something sinful. We don't want you to come to get us as we're not following you. We don't want to experience that shame. When we see you, we want there to be joy. We want to be able to hug you without, without feeling hesitant. And Lord, we know that the only way that that's going to be is, is not by our perfection, but it is by our pursuit of you. And Lord, how awesome that in this last song of worship, if you were to come back for us. Lord, we know that you know the day, you know the hour, but we want to be ready. We want our lives to be prepared. We want to live a life that would be pleasing and glorifying to you. That when we come home, that, that, we, that you'd be able to say, mission accomplished. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. God, help us to be faithful to you. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd go before us this day, that you'd be pleased with our life, and you'd be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen. amen.